We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the season finale of season one of Chasing the Ring, presented by Lamons Fine Jewelry. I'm Neil McCready. Carson McCready here with me today. You'll see Carson here in just a moment. As one of these days, I'm going to learn the faster way to do this. Here we go. There's Carson. Welcome into the show. The NBA draft was yesterday. So it's over. We'll talk about winners, losers, big trade in the NBA. One of Carson's favorites, Russell Westbrook, now a Los Angeles Laker. So we'll talk about that, a big deal between the uh, the Wizards and the Lakers. I am uh, wearing a Yankees jersey, kind of sentimental. It's a weird day in the McCready household, Carson. Um, I know we, we only talk about basketball here for the most part but a day later what are your thoughts on Anthony Rizzo no longer being a cub hours before probably Chris Bryant's not going to be a cub maybe Javi Baez it sucks just pulled your pull your mic up there yeah, you go I mean I grew up watching them so it's like seeing them win the world series that just increased my uh like how much I cared to watch them and all that and then now they're going to be gone in four hours, and it just sucks. So, not really much to say to it. We just, I just know we're going to be bad. How different was this for you as a young fan than when Kevin Durant left the Thunder? They were completely different. In what way? And I hated Durant for, I kind of still do. And this is more happy and. It's move on, whatever, but Durant was different. And I had two completely different moods. So Bryant's going to get traded today, and I know you like KB a lot too. When he goes to the Giants or the Mets, Mets. and those appear to be the two teams that are really in it, I'm cheering for the Giants because I don't want to like the Mets. Why? I don't know why. Isn't that weird? You know, the Cubs and the Mets used to be in the same division. Yeah. and So I have this. In 1984, when I was your age, which I know probably makes everybody out there go, oh, my God. Um, When I was your age in 84, I was already cheering for the Cubs, but the Cubs won the National League East. I've told you about this before. They had a young Ryan Sandberg, and they were on every day, and it was this magical season. They were really good. It was a team that ended up being one game from the World Series. Mm -hmm. And the team that they – we're going up against was the Mets. 
you know, you've seen the 30 for 30 the ESPN did on the 85 Met, 86 Mets. Well, this was the beginning of that Mets team. They had Daryl Strawberry and uh, Dwight yeah. Gooden, and they had all these guys, and the Cubs and the Mets had this four-game series in Chicago that year in July. The Cubs swept it, I believe, but it was a they brawled at one at one point. It was nasty. It was just, you hated the Mets, and we got them. And so I don't like the Mets. I can cheer for the Yankees. I kind of like the Mets, just just like because Pete Alonso, I like him a lot. Um, I mean, I, I can cheer for the Yankees. My my grandfather. Your grandmother's father, BJ, mm-hmm. BJ Neal, was a big Yankees fan. I didn't know he died when I was like three. Yeah. It's, I didn't, I remember him from just like one visit, mm-hmm. barely. Yeah. But I don't remember him. But I remember my, my mom, your grandmother, telling me that he was a Yankees fan. And so I've always kind of had a little soft spot for, for the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. You know, not enough to cheer for them necessarily, but. If I like some of their players too. Yeah, and yeah, the, the the stuff, and and so if if Rizzo's a Yankee for half a year, like I can jump on the Yankee train cheer for, for fun, just a little because I'd love yeah. for him to win because I think he's declining. Yeah, and I think this is his last year of actually having a chance to win something. And I can cheer for the Giants for half a year because. Mm-hmm. Their organization was really nice to us that day yeah. and let us get on the field and we got to meet Javier Baez and all that stuff. And and they, they sent over Will Clark because they knew we were from Mississippi and Will was in town. And that was really nice of their organization. Yeah. And so I can – if KB's on the Giants, and I don't really like the Dodgers, no. and so I can cheer for the Giants yeah. for half a year and hope KB does something good. Mm-hmm. I just – yeah, I agree with you about the Dodgers. They just get everybody – you saw it yesterday. They got now two of the biggest names in baseball. Yeah, Max Scherzer, two of the best, Trey Turner, two best baseball players in Washington. Schwarber's now on uh, Boston. Oh yeah, Kyle Schwarber went to Boston. I know it was like they a still weird. Have JD Martinez too, right? Is he still playing? Maybe. I don't know. Well, either Schwarber's their DH, or now he's one of their outfielders. I'm not sure. All right, uh, we'll switch to basketball. People are here to hear us talk about basketball. Yes, my Giants hat is is for Chris Bryant in case he gets traded there. I'm sort of cheering for the KB trade. He sat on the bench yesterday. Carson was at soccer. I'd, I'd taken Carson and two of his teammates. I kind of knew it was going to happen. They're out on the yeah. soccer field, and it broke that Rizzo had gotten traded, and it kind of hit me. I sort of sat there for a minute. And then what got me, what got me, damn it, what got me, was the video of Chris Bryant after the game against the mm-hmm. Reds yesterday. Yeah. It was like 35 seconds of video that just broke my heart and ripped my soul out of him s- sitting there. Sitting on the bench. Soaking it in. That, that's probably his last time. Kind of got so. emotional for a minute, and I thought, damn. Yeah. The end of an era. I mean, the end of. He was there for how long? Seven years? I mean, Chris Bryant came up. In 2015, right? He started, came up that that year. Six, and it felt like ten. Yeah, so it was a. It, was a and it felt like a forever. Cool era. Yeah, probably the best team. So basically, ever played had. seven season with with the Cubs. Yeah. So anyway, it happens. Yeah, it's part of sports. Yeah. It's part of sports. It's the part of sports that. It's 
not fun. It's tough. Tough. Do you think they could come back before they retire? They could, but it's probably unlikely. You know, if you told me that the Cubs this offseason tried to bring Chris Bryant back, maybe. Do you think he'd come? Sure. If the He's, he's a Scott Boris client. He's going to go where the money is. I think it's over for Rizzo, and I think the Cubs know it. I, I, I think they know he's declining. And I, I honestly don't think they want a declining Anthony Rizzo there. I, I think it's 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 more than – I don't, I don't think they want to get to the point where Cub fans are booing Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. I Not think that they be, ever would, but yeah. Yeah. I think it would be cool to see him like as their bench coach or something. Oh, yeah. He might post-career, sure. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you told me that he came back for – you know, a, one last trip yeah, in his like, late 30s or something. One more terrible or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Sit on the bench or something. I'm hoping for a Yankees-Giants World Series now. So, if yeah. if, if KB's a Giant. If KB's not a Giant, then I'd, as long as he doesn't go to, like, the Brewers or the Cardinals or something insane. I'm, I don't I'm, think he will. I don't think they do that anyway. I don't think so either. Unless it was, like, the best offer of all time. I think they're just trading him out of the division. Yeah. All right. Speaking of trades involving former players, one of your uh, favorite players ever. If not my favorite player ever. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Lakers. Russell Westbrook heads to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma. Montrose Harrell and a first, which is now – I forgot who it was. but It was a pick that was used it was, last it night, was, right? It uh, was Kispert. I think you're right. Okay, so four guys. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday when we did the draft preview. I have my doubts about that trade. I feel like Washington won it. I'm not going to lie. Well, they cleared some money, certainly. They Uh, cleared money, and they got a little bit more depth. Nothing that matters for them because Beal, you know he's gone. Well, what's interesting is Bradley Beal says he's staying, and and the and the Wizards are kind of indicating that maybe they're going to make another run with with Bradley Beal. No, I don't think they're not making another run. I wouldn't call it a run. I'd just call it another losing season. Well, could be. So let's talk about Westbrook. He's still a, a, a mercurial player. He is he's, a he's uh, great. He's one of the best point guards of all time, like top three of this era. But I mean, he's chasing a ring here. LeBron yeah. and, and Anthony Davis. They both want a ring as well. And another they targeted one. him. Yeah. Because they started they talk- following Nino Westbrook on Twitter recently and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I saw like two weeks ago they met at the house to like talk about it and stuff yeah. like that. So Does it work? Yeah, I think it works. It's just the depth they have. They have none. I think that's the one problem. If they had some depth, it'd work, I think. It certainly depletes their roster. They go into free agency where they're going to be asking some veteran guys, hey, come chase a ring in L.A. Yeah, and I think and some will. it'll work because you're the Lakers and everyone wants to play for the Lakers because Kobe played there, LeBron's there, and it just L.A. is a big place to play. But um, Does it work in the postseason? They have the starting lineup that is super good other than their shooting guard, who's actually not that bad, like Talon Horton Tucker. He's not terrible, but doesn't compare to the guys on the roster, the starting five. I mean, if you can get some guys to come play there for like just a full season, you can make it through. You can make it to the conference finals. I'm convinced they could make it and actually win it. But 
Westbrook's going to have to adjust just to like not shoot a single three or shoot like two a game. And they don't have any shooters other than. So I love it for the regular season. I love it for the regular season because I think LeBron needs, at his age, he does not need the ball in his hands the whole damn season. I think it wears him out and makes him injury prone. And he's and good enough that. to do it. It's just, yeah, like that's why he sat out so long last season. He He's always running up and down the court with the ball, and it's just. Westbrook takes some usage away from him. But in a playoff set, setting, the ball's going to go to LeBron. People are still going to double LeBron. Russell's not a good shooter. You've got AD still, and with LeBron and AD on the floor, they're a championship contender immediately. They've got to put some more shooters around them yeah, that can make shots. And LeBron's really good at recruiting They've those types of Drummond. players. They've still got Drummond. Yeah, but he's not a shooter. No, that's you not gotta, what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying post. Got to go add shooters around yeah. that group. You've got to have people on the perimeter who can make you pay when you collapse on LeBron, when you collapse on AD. What Russell is still very, very good at is up and down, penetrating, it's getting entity. to the basket, and he will pass the basketball. When people say he won't pass, that's not true. He's going to adjust. He does it every single year. He did it with Harden. He did it with Beal. He's he going to do it with LeBron. Russell's got to prove that he can do it in a postseason. And so that will be interesting. And I, I, I'm about conflicted. I'm not sure if he's ever had the right guy around him. Yeah, I think Paul George was the guy, but I think Melo messed up a lot of that, in my opinion. In that series, he, I remember Melo watching him. I hated it because he shot so many terrible shots that were incredibly contested and it just didn't make sense to shoot it. But I'm curious to see how he pairs with LeBron. I think that could go well. They're already good friends, so... I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, got to find shooters. That's Kinda the big like thing. The Nets just no depth, and both teams have no depth. Yeah, and so. the Nets may have pulled it off if they could have stayed healthy. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the. Yeah, but you're Kyrie's right. a weirdo, and then Harden <laughs> was obese for like a month or two, and then he broke down. Yeah, the Nets will be fun to watch next year because I think everybody will come in healthy. Yeah, Durant's um, going to be amazing. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some draft. Pulled up Chad Ford. I'm going to get your thoughts. He has winners and losers here. So we're going to go through Chad Ford's winners. Okay. Tell me where you agree or disagree. All right. We'll start with uh, winner number one, the Detroit Pistons. Agree. They got Cade Cunningham. They got Cade. That's who everybody wanted. You won the lottery. You got Cade. That's that's a dub. Can't complain about that. Winner number two, according to Chad Ford, the Houston Rockets. And here's why, he says. They walked out with four first-round picks. Jalen Green, Alperin Sengun, Usman Garuba, and Josh Christopher. Now, Garuba might not come over right away. In fact, there's a possibility that he stays in Spain for a few years. Yeah. Green is a potentially uh, elite offensive player, maybe right away. Uh, Sengun is, is... Has a chance to be good. Kevin Pelton, who's an NBA draft guru had Sengun as the number one player on his board. Chad Ford had Sengun as the number 10 player on his board. Refers to him, quote, he's an offensive genius whose ceiling will be determined by whether he can stay on the floor defensively. I have seen some 
Enos Cantor comparisons. Okay. And that remains the the knock on Cantor to this day is that Enos can score. And he can't but he, play defense. Well, that's that famous clip of the, he, when he was a Thunder against the Rockets, and Billy Donovan is seen saying to Maurice Cheeks on the on the bench, "Can't play Cantor." Like, can't stay on the floor defensively mm-hmm. in a playoff yeah, yeah. setting. But he'll get an opportunity, certainly, in, with Houston. So, uh, Chad Ford lists the Rockets as a winner. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, winner number three, he has the Cleveland Cavaliers. Got Evan Mobley. He says Evan Mobley has the highest ceiling of any player in the draft. And in a more ordinary draft, he would have been the number one pick. So there's been some hand-wringing about his fit in Cleveland, but the headline is that the Cavs just drafted a potential superstar, their most talented draft pick since Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Kind of makes mean, you sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also have Ricky Rubio. I just thought about it. They could help him teach Colin Sexton or Darius Garland a little bit. Yeah, still some talk that Colin Sexton could get moved in the next few weeks. Yeah, and, I can see it. The Rubio just, trade makes you wonder if that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, because he's smart point guard. He used to be a really good point guard. Obviously, he's older now, and he just bounces around like Jay Crowder does. But, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what that is. And then again, it could just mean Sexton's gone or something. I just don't know. All right, winner number four. It's the Toronto Raptors, which is interesting. And he, here's, here's his explanation. He says the Raptors had an easy choice, Jalen Suggs. They made the harder one by taking Scotty Barnes instead. Barnes gives Raptors president Masai Origi the best chance to get what he wants, another championship trophy for Toronto. Suggs is a great prospect, but Barnes has the chance to be the best player in the draft. If he improves his shooting, boy, that's a big if. Yeah, He can play all five positions on both ends of the ball. The Raptors will be able to use him in a myriad of ways. They had a strong second round two, drafting Delano Benton, a high upside six foot nine point guard who also can't shoot, and David Johnson, a six five combo guard who was once regarded as a potential lottery pick earlier in the year. It was interesting, at your soccer practice yesterday, I went out and ran and I was listening to a podcast to get my mind off the depressing Chris Bryant video. And one of the NBA draft guys that I was listening to was talking about Scotty Barnes and said Scotty Barnes, at worst, is a better Draymond Green. And he said he thinks Scotty Barnes will be a superstar. Everyone is in love with this guy. And a lot of it, it's interesting because Scotty Barnes is one of these guys who's a phenomenal teammate. Everybody loves him. He's got this really infectious sort of personality. Yeah. And but he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. And in the NBA, you have to shoot now. You're a big even. Shooting is a premium. So, yeah, if he can get a shot, whoa, look out. And he is always only, come back with but what if he can't? Yeah. He is only what, 19 right now? Yeah. He but, has time. But everybody's so young, right? Yeah. They're a rebuilding team. They have they have a year or two to work with them on the shooting. And I mean, were you surprised it was it was uh, Barnes and not Suggs at four? No, I wasn't. His stock was rising quick, and I saw it because I figured they're going to trade Siakam soon, or he might get dealt. Winner number five, the Sacramento Kings. No, he says for the second straight year, the Kings will get a great grade from me in the draft. I was shocked. He says. 
when they drafted Davion Mitchell at number nine. I did not see that coming, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. I can see lineups where Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton are all on the floor together. And I loved the Neemis Queta second-round pick. He says he thinks that uh, he'll be the Kings' starting center by the end of the season. The focus on culture, toughness, and defense makes sense for a team that was atrocious defensively last year. What's interesting to me is that the Kings were in the headlines yesterday as they were attempting to trade Buddy Hild, who as of now is still there, but now you think they're probably trying to move him. And um, I would think you could get an asset or two for Hild. Yeah, well, Hild isn't going to the Lakers or – I don't know where he's going to go. Um, I would not call this a win. I'd call this a loss, honestly, because – once again, they had a bad losing season. They were terrible again. And they didn't get a high pick. They didn't get a great player. They got an older player. Now, Davion Mitchell's still a good player. He's great at defense. Uh, he can score, too. But, I mean, I wouldn't call that, like, a massive win, though. All right, let's see uh, what else he says. I'm always curious to get guys like Ford's thoughts. Winner, Charlotte Hornets. Says the Hornets are going to be fun as if watching LaMelo Ball wasn't fun already. James Booknight is one of the two or three best scorers in the draft and was a great value at number 11. While Kai Jones and JT Thor have a long way to go and might not make it, they also provide value relative to their draft position. If they get these guys running up and down the floor, Charlotte will be one of the most exciting teams in the league in transition. These picks could hit huge, and the Hornets would be a serious threat in the East in three or four years. I do like the backcourt of Ball and Booknight, two guys yeah. who can really score. Yeah, and isn't uh, Devontae Graham already leaving, or is he like a trade piece? Or is he? I think he's a, restri- a restricted free agent, so they could keep him. They could let him walk. I wouldn't be shocked if they let him walk. He's not. A, he's a good player, but um, yeah, that's a good backcourt. You've already got Gordon Hayward. Um, I think they still have P.J. Washington, and I don't know who their center is or if P.J. is their center, but, yeah, that's a good young team right now. So, I can agree with that. Speaking of good young teams, he has the Atlanta Hawks as a winner. Jalen Johnson was once ranked in my top ten. This, according to Chad Ford, seems to have dropped to number 20, primarily on concerns about his attitude. Sharif Cooper, the guard from Auburn, was a personal favorite of mine. Seems like the perfect backup point guard to Trey Young. Somehow he was available at number 48. You got to wonder. 48? Yeah, you got to wonder if Sharif Cooper last night was like, boy, I should have stayed at Auburn. Should have stayed another year. Should have risen my stock. Falling to 48 is a... Bad. It's a colossal fall. But I'll tell you this, I like Cooper. I liked him at Auburn. He's a really good player. He can really score. Yeah. Says Atlanta collected two of the top most talented young guys in the draft. Both have warts, which is why they fell, but the Hawks were smart to scoop them up. It was a Hawks team that isn't that far away. No, they have a lot of shooters, and Sharif's just another one. Getting a backup point guard who can who can uh, give Trey Young a blow here and there might, might really help is, them. My question is, though, is he going to accept that role and just sit on the bench? He will at first. Yeah. I mean, there might come a point where he doesn't. But, look, he gets to come in as a 19-year-old and learn. I'm not saying now. I'm saying in like yeah, three, but, four years. Yeah, but Trey Young's still going to be their starting point guard. But if he's that good at that point, you can get an asset for him. Yeah. 
Have the Clippers as a winner. The Clippers had a sneaky good draft, according to Chad Ford. First at number 21, they grabbed Keon Johnson, a player ranked in my uh, top 10 for most of the year. I disagree with him there. I watched Keon at Tennessee, and I'm not crazy about him. Then they got Brandon Boston Jr. in the second round. Boston was number 11 on his big board last season before sliding. I watched Boston at Kentucky, and he never did much for me. i got to be honest. I'm disagreeing with Ford here. Both players are major projects, but with significant upside Surprised to see the Clippers go in that direction, Ford says, but I fully support it. That's the first one I really disagree with. I'll call it a slight win just because it's like their last big draft before the before it's just the Thunders. They so, got to address this Kawhi Leonard thing here really soon. Yeah, because I think he might honestly resign or just stay there. I've heard I've heard stuff that he's staying. I've heard stuff he's leaving. So he's a weird guy. I'm not really sure what he wants to do. I think it's more about family to him than just where he wants to go. I wouldn't be shocked if it's New York. I wouldn't be shocked if it's staying with the Clippers. But if he leaves, then I would assume Paul George gets traded here soon. Yeah, I would think so. Because you don't really want to be – unless Paul George can go back to his Pacers form, which I don't think he can. His final winner is the Utah Jazz. He says, I cringed when the Jazz traded the 30th pick in the draft to Memphis with Baylor's Jared Butler sitting there. Butler on pure talents, a top 20 prospect, and the perfect fit backing up Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz got three future second rounders in the deal, including the 40th pick, and somehow, inexplicably, Butler was still on the board. I assume he slid because of medical concerns, but the Jazz are comfortable with the information the NBA has provided. In fact, I think they expect him to come in and contribute next year. Later in the draft, the uh, Jazz traded Derek Favors and a future number one to Oklahoma City for a future number two, dumping some salary, creating some room as free agency gets started. So Good for the Thunder, good for the Jazz. Utah's got somebody in mind, obviously. Center-wise. I don't know. Not center-wise. Just trying like, to create some money. They've got somebody in mind that they're, they're, they're trying to um, – they're trying to do, uh, let's see, tell you about the losers that he has in a moment. First, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Lamons, located at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford, has been serving the Oxford area for 73 years. From engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. All right, you ready to get in a bad mood? Sure. Chad Ford's one loser. It's OKC, isn't it? The Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't uh, understand how that's a well, I'm gonna loser, read, though. I'm going to read you. He says, I really found only one team that had a draft that I had serious concerns about. The Thunder spent much of last season in tank mode and had three first-round picks. And they came away from that with Josh Giddey, Trey Mann, some future first, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the second round. That was a lot of pain for what they got in return. I like Giddey a lot, he says, but not at number six ahead of Jonathan Kaminga and James Booknight. Giddy is an exceptional passer, but his shooting woes and a lack of elite athleticism make him a questionable pick that high in the lottery. 
Man is a highly skilled guard, he writes, who lacks elite size and athleticism, and Robinson Earl is a highly skilled forward who lacks elite athleticism and can't shoot. None of these players are game changers on a team that is supposedly collecting draft picks to get game changers. I don't know what the Thunder ultimately offered to move up in the draft, Chad Ford writes, but given all the assets that they had, I'm surprised they didn't open up the war chest to get Mobley, Green, or Barnes I think Cunningham was essentially unattainable. Yeah. It's going to be another brutal year in OKC. All right. I can kind of agree with that, though, because I think I would have rather had Book Knight. I think you could have potentially traded up to like 11 or 10 to potentially get Giddy. Maybe not 10, maybe 9. No, it's a good point. You might could have gotten him at nine. Here's what I here, here's it, it, when I look at the Thunder, what the Thunder did, and I watched Giddy some, and he was one of the guys that I kind of had gotten interested in. I'd done a lot of, I listened to um, Andrew Schlecht and McKaylee Barra, and they did a great job, like thirty people that they did deep in depth profiles on on the draft. And when they talked about Giddy, I caught myself kind of going down the YouTube rabbit hole a little bit. Mm-hmm. Great shooter. I mean, not shooter, great passer. I mean, yeah. an elite passer. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was listening to, it may have been Kevin Pelton. He was on a podcast, and he was talking about he'd been in the gym with Team Australia at the Olympics, at the Olympic trial kind of thing. Yeah. And so you're talking about Joe Ingles was out there. Matthew Delavadova was out is there. Ben Simmons, a, where is he from? Uh, he was born in Australia, but I don't think he plays for Team Australia. Okay. Anyway, he was saying that, that – uh, Giddy was the best passer on the floor, easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people consider Joe Ingles an elite passer. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. And then you watched him and you're like, yeah, I can see it. And he's 6'8". He can play the point. Some people think that the Thunder have him pegged as a, a point forward, kind of a, yeah. a three, you know, who can distribute the ball in this positionless basketball thing. But at six, it felt like a stretch. I do. That's what I thought. And so... Because I looked at all the mock drafts, and obviously you don't really want to trust mock drafts because they usually aren't correct when it comes like 5 till 30. But you could have gotten Book Knight, a great shooter. Yeah. Great young guard. Kaminga. Could have gotten Kaminga, who's a risk. He still could have turned into Kawhi Leonard, and that's an amazing pick. You never know. But I didn't feel like Giddy was the right guy. And he seems like an OKC type player just because he's he's uh, from a foreign country and all that. He's but kind I mean, of the kind of player they're starting to seem to accumulate, right? Yeah. With with after Poku and and him, it's it's guys like positionless that can distribute the basketball. They they they're they're kind of selfless players. I just wasn't a big fan of that pick. I didn't hate that pick as much as I hated what they did at 16. I agree. I, I would have been extremely happy with Sengun. Yes. Because if, if we had came out with Sengun and uh, uh, man. Giddy and man, and, and, yeah. yeah, I would Here, have been happy. Here's what I hated. I hated that two things. One, that you didn't combine 16 and 18 and to jump to up, trade up. Because there were a couple of guys – in that range that I thought made a lot of sense. And I'm convinced Moses could, Moody, for example. I'm convinced they could have traded up to 11 and gotten Book Knight. 
I wouldn't have well, been shocked because he was there. They yeah. could have they they could have walked out of this with Giddy and Book Knight, and then I would have been happy. But and then at sixteen, I would have rather them go ahead and take Sengun. Because we need a center anyway. We don't have one other they, than Favors. They turned it into two first-round picks. They're, but still, they're, they're, they're protected like crazy. They're pretty heavily protected. Now, there is a possibility, and it's not crazy, that those two picks could end up being a 13 and an 11 in three years. That's certainly conceivable. That you could end up – those could end up being low lottery picks. And if that's the case, it's a big win. And, and Leif Benson says, and I agree with him, he says, I trust the guy, referring to Sam Presti, that drafted Tony Parker, Harden, Durant, Westbrook, Adams, et cetera. I agree. We drafted Tony Parker? He did. Sam Presti, when he was with San Antonio. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay back okay. before you were born. You were just a, a small time. Oh, yeah. So, here's the other thing, and it kind of, as we'll talk about this in a minute, it sets them up to suck. And I get what Chad Ford's saying. It's going to be a brutal year. It needs to be a brutal year. It has to, because if you want to get, once again, you know I've been referring to him for days now, but if you want to get that Emoni Bates or you want to get that French guy, then you've got to be terrible, because it's pretty hard to trade for the first pick in the draft. And they can easily do it, is is the thing I know, because they have 40-something picks now. They could easily trade like three or four of them and just get the pick. But I just don't know when they're actually going to try to get like the really good players in the draft and not just take the the questionable guy that no one expects to be taken because that's what they always do. So I have pulled up. I'll pull up a couple. And the Giddy guys, he's good, but he's not like a scorer, and you kind of need that now in the NBA. Here's a fast look. This is SB Nation. Here's how they project the 2022 NBA draft class today. Uh, Paolo Banchero from Duke. They have him going uh, number one. He's uh, got a wingspan of about 7'2". They've got Chet Holmgren, the big center from Indiana, who's at at, uh, Gonzaga. They've got him going two. A.J. Griffin, the uh, guard forward from Duke, going uh, three. Patrick Baldwin, Jr., Money Bates is the next year. Is he a 23? I okay. guess so. Caleb Houston, Peyton Watson the, the from UCLA, Jabari Smith, the, the forward from Auburn, going seventh. Uh, Jalen Duran from Mount Verde Academy. French guy's the same way, though. He's a 2023 guy, too. Okay. Let me make sure that uh, SB Nations just doesn't have a, a bad look here. Yeah, let's see. Let's see something. Yeah, so the guy that everyone's – you're right, it's the 23 class. The 23 draft, by the way, is the one that everyone's talking about. Victor Wimbanyama is a guy that everyone says is untradeable. He's number one. What position? He's a center. 7'2", yeah, 7 foot 8 wingspan. I mean, it's I two mean, years yes, he away. He can shoot. He can yeah. probably shoot. Yeah, I figure. Amoni Bates is in that draft. Yeah, and then it's the French yeah. – is Wimbanyama the French guy? Okay. Timony Money Bates. And so then those are the names that, that start popping around. And so and that's you, my point. So you you can't tank for two years because then Shea is gonna be unhappy and you're gonna he's gonna wanna leave. So I wonder if they're trading him this season or if they're trading him next season or they're just gonna trade for the pick next 
Well, I'm curious. Do you sit down with with SGA if you're the Thunder? You sit down with SGA and say, "What do you want to do?" Yeah, because I want to keep him happy, and if if he wants to leave, then I think it's best that he leaves. Because got to get a. I don't want to see him just sit on a bench for another year. That that, no. that sucks for a player. He might be too good to tank. We'll find out. Um, I have the feeling he is. So. What did you think about Memphis? They get Zaire, uh, Zaire Williams. Is that his name? The, the yeah. kid from Stanford who I really like. I think Memphis moved into ten, kind of thinking that Giddy would go get there. Giddy, but okay, she is. And and frankly, I don't. You know, weird. I talked to Jeffrey Wright about this. I don't think Giddy fits Memphis all that well. And so I think Memphis, in the event that that's what they wanted to do, they kind of won here because Giddy's not a shooter, and I think you surround John Morant with shooters. With shooters, yeah. Who, yeah, is Williams a shooter? Zaire. Yeah, he can shoot it. He can do a lot of things. He's a young guy, a lot of talent. You know, it's just a funny. The, the, the draft is such a funny thing because it's you really just weird. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. With Sam Presti, he has a weird view on like drafts and all that. Like he always takes a weird pick. Like Darius Baisley, when he took him, I was so confused. I had no clue who he was. I'm looking for uh, Memphis's. Chad Ford has has draft grades. He what gives. We, a, like he a, doesn't have the West yet. He has the Hawks. The Hawks get the highest grade in the East with an A minus. He's got Boston and Brooklyn with Bs. No, I'm sorry. Charlotte has an A plus. He really likes the the. He really I likes like what Charlotte too. did. Gives the Bulls a B. Gives the Cavaliers an A. Pistons an A. Pacers a B with uh, Chris Duarte, who is a great story. Yeah. I'm Problem happy, with Duarte is he's 23, 24 years old already. Yeah. Uh, gives the book the Bucks a C. They didn't pick until fifty four, so there weren't much they could do there. Gives yeah. the Knicks a uh, B minus with uh, with four picks led off with Quentin Grimes at, at twenty five. So that's what he's got with the East. Um, you looking for anything in particular in free agency? Are you expecting a lot of activity or who else in this? Potentially Kawhi is the one that could be the, the big one. And then there's yeah, a lot Allen. of talk about Beal. There's a lot of talk about Damian Lillard. It's just so hard to make things move right now in the NBA. because is Jarrett Allen restricted or unrestricted? I think he's restricted. Yeah. I wonder if Cleveland resigns him. Because what I would think they would do is let him play center then let uh, Mobley play the four. I think that's his position anyway. Yeah, I... I Listen, Mobley needs to be a five. You think? Yes. If you if you force Jared Allen and Mobley on the floor together, I think it's going to be really awkward. If I'm Cleveland, I get value for, for Allen now, and I let Mobley start playing. I let Mobley be my five. I let him learn to pick and roll with whoever my guard's going to be. If it's not Sexton, it's whoever it is. Right. Life <laughs> Benson says, my man Carson's body language looks rough. Looks like a man that all his teams are tanking, and now he's becoming a Bengals fan. <laughs> yeah. It does suck. I'm hoping it's hoping we make a big trade soon. Tanking's hard. You know, I've, I've, I've talked about this with people when they the talk about it. The thing I like about it with the Thunder is I know we have all the stuff to make it work like this. So You just got to go use them at some you point. You got to do it eventually. Yeah. I'm like... You got to go. I question why they didn't, why they weren't super aggressive to get three. Because they could have traded four picks. It's my, it's, it, 
my comp- I don't like the Thunderstrap. I mean, what I would have done, yeah. I would have, me being probably not as smart, I'd probably trade four or five picks to try to get three or two. Well, if you believe that one of those guys, that's the question is, what you know, and we'll, we'll never know that really until years from now, but what do you – Inside that building, any team, not just the Thunder, anybody. What do yeah. you, what do you believe about Evan Mobley? What do you, you what do you think he is? Superstar, then you need to go get him. Because apparently, the the, the the one opinion that mattered, for example, on Cade Cunningham was yeah. Troy Weaver, the general manager of the, of the Pistons, and he thinks he's a generational talent. Yeah. And so when he thinks that, that's all that really matters. Yeah. What anybody else thinks is immaterial. Yeah. Houston. Also wanted Cunningham. And by but the way, like all green. those. By the way, all those Shea rumors were fake. Sam Presti said. He said uh, the media comes up with their own things yeah, or something like that. Sorry to interrupt, but just telling no, you. No, no, you're okay. I, what's interesting about that is I, I know what, what he's saying, but it's always interesting to me when some respected NBA writers talk about stuff. So it tells me that – and it could be as simple as when, you know, when Sam Presti made phone calls that other teams said, hey, what do you think about SGA? And they had a conversation and it got out that, hey, we talked about Shea. Yeah, and people took it too far and thought it was Shea traded to the Pistons. Yeah, and all this crap. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up there. This has been a lot of fun. We've been had a hard time being consistent, as you can imagine. A fourteen-year-old uh, has a pretty busy schedule, especially when you're playing sports, a lot. Tra- travel soccer, and high school soccer, and school. all in school and all of that stuff. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. I know that uh, we appreciate all you guys who've played along with us, and um, you've gotten a lot better on the mic as the year went along. Yeah, at first I was like this. You were all over it. All that, but yeah, it got better. Jeff, fun? Yeah. Really appreciate the people at Lamons. Yes, thank you. For for making this possible. Really cool of those guys. Alan King and the the people at, uh, at Lamons. We're really nice to do this. We talked to I talked to Alan about this around Christmas time, and he just jumped right in, and it was really nice of him. And um, I'll tell you this: we've been doing business with Lamons. My family has for, gosh, I don't know, as long as we've been here, thirteen years, and they're great. Um, they're really great. You go in, and we've taken. Uh, I've told the story, but we, uh, my wife Laura Carson's mom, uh, had some of her mother's old jewelry, like her, actually, and not her mother, her grandmother's old jewelry. It was like, yeah. like some necklace charms, something. charms on, yeah. on this old necklace uh, bracelet thing that yeah. was, yeah. Whatever it is. Anyway, I had those converted into or refurbished, I guess is the better word into really cool necklaces for Carson sisters that mean a lot to them and are really cool. And they do stuff like that and great watches. Um, so if you're in Oxford or you're around Oxford and you, have some jewelry needs, do us a favor, please. And you'll be doing yourself a favor, but go to Lamons and uh, make sure you tell them that you you uh, appreciate them sponsoring this show and, and making it possible. And um, I think we're planning to do a, a season two next year. We'll talk uh, more NBA and that kind of thing. It's something that Carson and I talk about a lot, driving back and forth to his practices in Tupelo and stuff like that. So appreciate you guys letting us into your world for this. So, Until next season, enjoy what's left of your summer. Excited about football season. And uh, that does it for season one of Chasing the Ring, presented by Lamons Fine Jewelry. For Carson, I'm Neil. 
Take care. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.